We are back for another edition of Ghostly. This is episode 40. Is it really? Yeah, this is episode oh, 40. That's special since we've been back. Since we've been back. It's middle age now. That's not that's not very impressive seeing that we've been doing this for over two years, almost two years now. Well. That's going to be changing. Yeah. We've talked about that um, uh, in the uh, social media land, and we're talking about I think we may have mentioned it in the last couple of shows, too. Yeah, we're going to be getting things going here, and there's going to be a lot more content coming your way. So look forward to hearing from me and Amber and Bonnie and anybody else. Whatever that, yeah. other weirdos we bring in. Yeah, because we're going to have plenty of them coming down into this uh, this dungeon of a studio Well, Steve here. Ward, that was one of our most popular shows that we've Real, had. Was it? It was. Steve was awesome. Steve yeah. is, Yeah. That was like that was the last show we did. That was a yep. while ago. We uh, we we did we did tape some stuff over the holidays, but or you know, well, but it didn't really Halloween. Yeah, Halloween, but it didn't really pan out. We tried to bring Doug in for our yearly Doug Halloween pep talk, but it just didn't work. Yeah, it just, he was having a Halloween party, and well, we uh, it was I don't want to bitch no. about it. I don't want to bitch about it. It just didn't. It wasn't in the cards. No, it wasn't in the cards. So there may be some. Maybe we have some nice, you know, some lost archives because I didn't get rid of that stuff. Well, obviously. we'll we'll coax him to the studio. Yeah, we'll have Doug here sooner or later. So all right, uh, this week we talked to Karen. A. Dolman. Tell us all about Karen Dolman. Oh, okay. Karen A. Dolman is a director of the Talking Board Historical Society, a channel for spirit guides, and the author of The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. She teaches ways to connect with the afterlife, the higher self, and sentient beings that exist among us within the unseen dimensions. Within her message, Karen shares the positive side to the Ouija board as a tool for exploring the expansive realms of consciousness. She has been featured on Beyond Belief, Coast to Coast AM Radio, Fade to Black, and the UK's Unexplained, as well as many other alternative media programs around the world. Karen helps others to discover and unlock their greatest selves, including their extrasensory perceptions, and engage these within the world. Karen holds a master's degree from University of New Mexico in archetypal art therapy, is a licensed psychotherapist, and is experienced in hypnosis, past life regression, and channeling. She is the talk show host of Creative Visions TV and speaks and presents at paranormal and spiritual conferences and events around the country. And I should say the world because she's on her way to another country to give a class tomorrow. She's flying out tomorrow. Yep. With that, yes, let's welcome in Woo! the great and intense Karen A. Dahlman. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I got off guard on that one. I'm sorry. Um, it's funny. Uh, the, the subjects we're going to be covering tonight, um, which I think is going to be a lot around the Ouija board, which you know Amber and I find absolutely fascinating. I am. Um, I'm looking. I was looking at my notes here. Uh, you know, today just getting ready for this the show we're doing tonight, and it's funny because over the weekend. And I and everybody, not, I don't want both of you guys clawing my eyes out when I say this. Uh, there's there's a method to the madness. Um, Saturday night, we were just kind of lounging around the house. My friend was over, and I said, "Let's watch a movie." 
and my buddy's like, well, what do you want to watch? I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched The Exorcist yet this year. I have to watch The Exorcist, the original Exorcist, you know, one of the most insane films ever made. Um, and one thing, you know, I mean, I've watched the movie over and over again. I mean, all the different, the different director's cuts and what's not. And what caught my attention, knowing what we were going into tonight uh, with our conversation with, with Karen Dahlman, uh, was, was that one of the things that started all the events, and, you know, as we know, The Exorcist, the, the events around that, they say are loosely based around a real case and whatnot. One of the things that Reagan, um, Linda Blair's character did, though, was she actually, how these events got started in the film was she was actually messing around with a Ouija board where she contacted somebody named Mr. Crowley, right? Um, the reason Mr. I, Howdy. Mr. Is it Mr. Howdy? Yeah. Mr. Crowley, that's, a, that's an Ozzy you're Osbourne. You're thinking Ozzy. I like yeah, Mr. Crowley. That sounds kind of cool. <laughs> that's an, that's Captain, an Ozzy Osbourne Captain song. Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. Yes, Captain Captain Howdy. Howdy. I, I totally slaughtered that one. How do you do? I, I, my God. So it got me thinking about this because... Um, Karen, you know, there's a lot of work you do around the Ouija board. And one of the things that, um, I noticed is that, that really caught my attention is that there are a lot of positive aspects of a Ouija board. Now, before we get into that, I mean, that's why I mentioned the exorcist, because obviously we see if anybody out there has seen the film, the exorcist, uh, we see what happens after Reagan, the character, Linda Blair's character starts to play around with this Ouija board. Well, we see what happens. It's not very pretty. I would consider that kind of a negative connotation on the Ouija board, right? But I, you say there's a lot of positive things to this, and I, I really want to get into this. Like, what? Let's start off with a couple of positive points of a Ouija board, I guess. Well, I love your story about Captain Howdy and you're talking about, and I'm, I think it's cool you saw the movie. Let me tell you an interesting fact about that. So it was December 25th, 1973, when I received my first Ouija board mm -hmm. from Santa Claus. December 26th, 1973, one day later, the movie The Exorcist came out. Oh, really? Ooh. Ooh. Yes. And we didn't plan that. That's not planned. I know. Isn't that kind of cool? I'm glad you, you led up to it that way. See, <laughs> yeah. Because um, I had no fear of the board. I never, never did. And I was eight years old at that time. And my parents had no fear of it, and neither did Santa Claus, obviously. And, and I was raised Catholic, and um, there, was, there wasn't even a problem. I didn't see The Exorcist myself until I was 18, so about 10 years later. And I thought, oh, that's just really silly, because if they really knew how to use the board, what you can really do with it. But look, I, I think Hollywood is fantastic. They took a concept, they took an idea, yeah. they took a toy, a game, that was a pop, pop, pop icon uh, toy of the day, especially back then. I mean, in 1966, uh, Parker Brothers had just purchased it from William Fold, who was making it all the way up till then. And the, the first year it was the sales, it outsold their highest selling game, which was Monopoly. It sold 2 million copies in the year 1966 to 97. Wow. Wow. So you got to remember now, here we are a few years later. The book comes out in 71. Yeah. Then in 73, here comes the movie, and it made sense to really capitalize upon that that game. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's. I mean, I want to point that out too. That I mean, this just got my 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 mind thinking about this. What we're going to be talking 
about tonight. I mean, that is an, I, that's a big point, I think, here, is that, you know, Hollywood, I think, did capitalize on well, the use of And this I think thing. that's the movie that really gave the super, super negative connotation to the Ouija board, too. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think she's absolutely right. You, you agree, you concur, because that is when it, it fell from grace. Yes, there's stories before that. People are always looking for an excuse or to blame something outside themselves and really look at why, what happened. Is it really my own fears? Did, did I draw this to me? Or am I just spooking myself? So, yeah, yeah it, it, that's that's when it, it really fell from grace. And at that point, uh, a lot of Bible thumpers and religious religious groups uh, started jumping on the bandwagon with it, too. And it just, you know, it just grew from there. And it became it, it became a wonderful, um, <laughs> wonderful character in a lot of the horror, horror movies. And, and to this day, it still is. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny because it's obvious that the, the Ouija board is it's very stigmatized. Um, I, I won't even lie. I mean, I, I'm drawn to the Ouija board. Well, because my better half and co-host of the show has about 400 <laughs> of them around the house here. So I collect them. I collect I them. You. She collects them. So they're everywhere here. Um, but I am and I am drawn to, you know, what a Ouija board, what it looks like. Um, but I'm also I think I'm also affected by what I just said, the stigmatization, stigmatization. Yeah. Of the Ouija board, basically, right? Uh, I mean, I think that when I see it, I still kind of get a feeling, I mean, of dread, I guess. I don't know any other way to say it, Karen. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, go ahead. A lot of people are like that. A lot, a lot of people feel that way. So you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I don't, I'm, I'm truly not afraid of the Ouija board. I mean, I'm not. But I do feel that, let's just say I do feel the negative connotation. I've seen enough movies. I've heard enough people, you know, from both sides, you know, whatever their beliefs are, I, you know, and I, and I've taken part in plenty of Ouija board. Like, you know, we've, we've used Ouija boards. We've, we've tried to use them for certain things. Um, and I won't lie. I mean, I did kind of was like, man, I mean, are we, are I've, you moving I, it? Are, did are you, you moving it? it? But I mean, or, or <laughs> I mean, am I really doing something here that could, you know, get me in trouble, I guess. Um, so I think a lot of this stuff does spawn from um, from I think Hollywood, like like a lot of stuff, like a lot of these fringe things we talk about on the show, for example. I think a lot of stuff gets this negative connotation from Hollywood. You know, that's why I want to talk about what are some of the positive things about the Ouija board. I'd like to hear all about this from you. Yeah, I didn't answer your question. No, I went no, right you're into fine. The exorcist. That's <laughs> okay. No, I kind of threw I threw us a loop right at the beginning of the show. Well, so. I just I, I love my own connection to the exorcist and my my use of the board, and I just think that's hysterical that I got mine one day before, and yeah. you know, here I'm a Catholic family, and and definitely you know that that group of Catholics. Catholics or Catholicism, which yeah. does believe in exorcism. So it's kind of funny. Anyway, <laughs> um, there's many positive things. What happens if I said to you or the listening audience yeah. that you could use this tool as basically a wireless phone and dial up uh, where your intentions lead you to and have conversations with many, many different realms and dimensions? Yeah. Now, now, what do you, now how does that awesome. make you think about this? Awesome. <laughs> so, you, I mean, but let's break that down, though. I mean, we're talking okay. about using this, I mean, as you said, well, as a wireless device, basically. I mean, I mean, we just want to talk, you, you said talk to other dimensions? Yeah, and I'll tell you why I use that analogy. Uh, what I also do is I run a company that is involved in telecommunication and our 
job is to help set up the wireless systems, meaning your these well wireless uh, cell phone towers. And so that is what my company does. So I, but then I'm still in communication when I work with the board because I'm not only, you know, communicating with other dimensions, and we'll talk about that in mm -hmm. realms and beings and uh, sentient beings and of that nature. But I'm dialing them up just like I would on my wireless phone. And there is, it's wireless. I mean, it's, I call it my great cosmic phone because I can just make, make an attention, get my energy to the right frequency, wherever I want that to be. And I've learned over many years of doing this, how to do that, that then I can dial into all these different beings. Okay. Now, not to blow everybody's mind right from the beginning, because <laughs> I'm going to go pretty far out there mm. with, with some topics we're going to talk about today. Okay. Um, but I, let's just say you can start with talking to deceased or transitioned people, but it doesn't just end there. You can start talking to transitioned animals as well as very much alive animals. And let me back backpedal. Um, we can also talk to a person who's alive to their higher self. And we could just chew on those four things right now, if you'd like. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. So I started uh, again in 1973. Uh, it was actually six months before Christmas when some friends of mine introduced me to this tool and I, they called it a game and I was at their house and it was two sisters and one was my age and one was two years older and they pulled out this Ouija board and I thought, well, what do you do with this? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, oh, it's really cool. You can talk to dead people and it's fun. I said, really? Okay. So they were doing it, showing me how it works and asking stupid questions like little girls would do. And then, <laughs> and then I tried it. And it started moving. I said, you guys are pushing this. And they said, no, no, we're not. We swear. I knew I wasn't. I, I you know, I knew I wasn't pushing it. And they, they swear they weren't. But then what had happened is we started talking to like a child. This child started talking back to us. And they said, yeah, it's, it's our dead sister. And I went, what? You have a dead sister? And, and, they, and I said, yeah, my, the girl, the, the older girl was two, two years older. She was 10. Said, yeah, my, my twin died shortly after birth. And Whoa. I said, well, what do you mean? We're talking to her? And they said, yeah, you know, I said, but she died as a baby. And they said, well, she's growing up on the other side. She's also 10. And that right there in itself just snagged me. And I was like, are you kidding me? You Not only does the deceased transition die. I use the word transition now because there really is no such thing as death. Uh, we just we just transfer our form of energy. So when, when you transition, you can still grow. You still evolve. You, something continues on. Mm -hmm. And that right there blew my mind that... I, I, you know, I had to run home to my parents and they said, sure, wink, wink. And yeah. I said, well, I don't, if you don't believe me, Santa Claus will. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's an example of talking yeah. to the deceased now. And also that there's a whole afterlife. And so that's where I started. I started talking with um, deceased and, and learning about the afterlife. And there was this wonderful uh, spirit being I met named Wilma Jean. And she had a past life. Her last, her most recent past life was as a um, slave in the South. And she was killed at the hands of her owner, quote unquote. And, but she was a self-taught woman who was, who was literate. She could read, write. And she came through and said that she had chosen not to move beyond where she was. She wasn't stuck, but she chose not to just go on and do another incarnation or keep growing. She wanted to stay back and help people uh, that were either transitioning, like dying, or people that were curious about the afterlife. And so I spent a lot, 15 years taught working with her, talking to her, and lot, she met a lot of my friends. She's always had something to say. And, but it was she was teaching me about the afterlife. Yeah. Teach me a lot about what happens, uh, where people go, what they see, what they experience, and all this stuff. And if she didn't have the answer, she'd come back and say, okay, so I had this conversation. This is what I've learned. 
and it was just fantastic. And so, you know, I, I spent I spent only up to 1986, so about good. It was a good uh, 13 years uh, focusing on nothing but the deceased. And then I still was speaking with with Wilma Dean for a few more years beyond that. And then a really cool thing happened when I was in college with the board that really shifted the way I saw this uh, toy game device. I saw it as a tool. And I began to see that it really was a, a way to pick up a phone in a way, like I mentioned before, my cosmic phone, yeah. and, and speak to these other beings in different dimensions. Um, so can I share this story that happened in, in college that really was, for me, the turning point? Absolutely. Okay. So... I, I love this story because, for number one, it's still very emotional for me, and that's this happened in 1986. But also because it really allowed me to see the brilliancy of this device. I could see that it was very far-reaching, and it was much more than a silly little game that was marketed to eight years and older. Um, and before that, I, I really, most of the time, kept it hidden, and I was using this tool. And and even after that, I, I was uh, was kind of keeping it quiet because it was always looked down upon as, oh, that's stupid or that's bad or that's evil, and you know, you hear those stupid things from people. For yeah. me, it never had been that way, yeah. so I just kind of kept it to myself. But I took the board to college uh, one of my semesters, and and it was uh, the, in my senior year, and I was in a sorority house, and I started doing the board with a lot of different girls in there, and there was two that really emerged as good board partners, <laughs> and so the three of us <laughs> would take, and there's 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 ways to find out if you have a good board partner or not. There's all I talk all about this all the time, and teach it. Um, so these two really emerged as great board partners for me, and so the three of us would use it, take turns, and we did in, in partnership par partners. Well, um, we. We were talking to this one being, uh, I say being, it was actually a deceased person who used to be in the same sorority, but she had died before I got to the sorority, a year before, or yeah, the year before, before as a freshman. And, but I heard about her, and I just thought it was a terrible shame to lose somebody, somebody to be killed at, at that early, she was killed in a car wreck, and oh. she was slated for greatness. It was just sad, and everybody oh. really liked her, and yeah, yeah sad. It's just horrible. I thought, you know what, I'm... I'm going to talk to her. So she came through right away. She started telling me all kinds of stories about different people in the sorority and things they did. And I had all these secrets. And so I started telling people. And they go, how did you know that? How do you know that? We never told anybody. I said, well, this is what she's telling me. <laughs> anyway, I won't bore you with the details. I write about this in my book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. All this stuff I'm going into, I go into great detail. Yeah. Anyway, a bunch of the girls in the house said, what are you doing? This seems so stupid. I don't believe this works. I said, okay, cool, whatever. I said, come come at this time. We're going to go in this special room, and you're welcome to sit down, and you can partake and watch as my friend Linda and I use this tool, um, and you can you know go from there and see what you think. I don't care what you think, really. So they came down. <laughs> we had about eight people in there. Yeah. And to make it exciting, you guys, uh, I don't know what came over me to do this, but I was so comfortable working this board with Linda. We really were – we had it going great. And um, I said, we're going to blindfold ourselves. So she blindfolded, I blindfolded. We had our fingers on the planchette on the board. We picked the other gal who was also our partner to do, be the scribe and do the writing. And then I said, okay, we're just going to let, you know, back then it was Wilma Jean that was coming through. I said, well, let Wilma Jean come through and she can bring other beans that need to come through if there's a message for you. All the things that I typically do even to this day. So we sit down, we open up the session, our fingers are on the planchette, we're blindfolded. 
the the planchette moves really fast. I mean, great energy, very solid, just going around the board really, really quick, really, really quick, just going and going and going. And I, I barely keep my fingers on. And, and the other gals were there just writing stuff down as fast as she can. And um, then it, the planchette stops. I hear somebody sniffling. I look up and one of the gals was kind of crying. I said, well, what, are you okay? She goes, no, no, I'm okay. I just got part of that. And she said, go ahead, go ahead, read it. I said, okay, you guys. I said, uh, I said, could you please, you know, read it? And this is what the message said. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. I have it verbatim in my book because um, at this point I was keeping copious notes. I kept a lot of notes in diaries and journals as a child. But at that point I was writing copious notes. Every session I have is written down and, and, or, and now recorded as well. So when I write my books, I just can go right to it and get the messages. Oh, okay. this, is what, this is what the message said. Hello, Layla. This is your sister. I am fine. Tell mom and dad that I am fine. So is my boyfriend. We love you all. We are still with you. We felt no pain and died on impact. The only pain we ever felt was the pain the family felt and expressed at our funerals. We are at peace and feel love. Please do not be concerned about us anymore. Know that we love you and will always be with you. We will be with you again. I love you all. Now, not a dry eye in the room. Oh, God, no. Right now, I'm, I mean, it's choking I, me up. <laughs> yeah, I, my emotion comes up every time because it's just so. Because I, I, when I do these sessions, I can feel the energy, and then to be able to help somebody with such grief. And I, and do you know what I said to her? I go, "You have a dead sister." Okay, here's another dead sister story. Mm. I had no idea she had a sister who was older who died a few years earlier before I met her because she was new to me in the sorority. I was like, "Whoa, what's up with these sisters?" Um, and she said, "Yes," and she just started crying. You know that gut wrenching cry when you just let it all out and it just hurts that kind of cry we just let her cry yeah and then everything was crying too and finally i kind of broke the crying by saying okay gals that's it fun and games over i, I don't care what anybody thinks so i don't care. i said this is a wonderful tool to help someone with grief and and layla was saying and by the way i changed their names layla was saying um Oh my God. And she goes, this has been such weight on me. I cannot, but she goes, and I believe you, Karen. I believe, I believe you and Linda. I, Linda was like a really good friend of hers. And so Linda knew that she had a dead sister, but nobody else in that room knew, but the gal, Layla and Linda, Linda. Mm -hmm. And, um, she, she said, I, I, this really, I'm so happy to hear from her. And I said, well, I'm not surprised she came through. It was her opportunity for her to come through. And I said, make sure you tell your mom and dad. And, it, and I did meet her mom and dad and she did tell them and they felt such comfort from this message. But at that moment, I just said, you know what? No funny. This, this is real. This is a real thing, guys. We, we're helping right now, Layla heal from grief. She's been carrying for several years. And then the gals were like, whoa, man. Wow. Several of them didn't talk about it ever again, but they didn't disrespect it either. They yeah, believed yeah. me. One of them is actually uh, wrote in the book, in the back of my Spirits of Ouija book, her experiences with the tool when she used to use it with me. She said that was the most powerful story ever, and it totally changed her whole way of looking at life and death and religion, shifted it uh, huge in, in great ways for her. Um, and everybody else just felt like, wow, this is just amazing that you guys can do this. So that right there was my turning point when I said, not that I really played with this game, but I called it a game. And not that I really didn't take it seriously, because I always did. But I made sure that if anybody was going to do it with me, that they had to be just as serious as me, because I wanted to bring the best messages in 
that were going to be helpful for people, whether it was, you know, closing closure from grief or if it was uh, getting some inspiration or guidance or even learning, uh, explore, exploring and learning about the the other dimensions and, and what happens in the afterlife and that and that you never do die. It was all these things that was coming together for me. And I said, this is this is my this is my path. I'm going to continue with this this tool mm-hmm. and I'm going to use it in great ways. Well, that you know. I, what I find really interesting, oh boy, our furnace kicked down. Oh, we're in I'll big turn, trouble. I'll go turn it off. Turn off the furnace. We, we have to freeze ourselves down here. You probably can't hear this, Karen, which is hilarious. What happened? Oh, our furnace kicked on. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I don't Yeah, our little hear studio, it. the good. furnace is right next to our little studio here, and bam, it kicked on. So, so it's, no, cold, it's cold where you guys are? It's, you know, it's cooling down. Uh, we've, yeah. we, it's finally starting to get our, get to the, you know, the 40s solid here in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so we're having to kick on the uh, the equipment finally here to keep well, ourselves. Well, it's 68, cool. 70 degrees here. In s- oh boy, that's that must be terrible. <laughs> that must be horrible. Oh, it's just uh, terrible. Somebody's got to do it. Going back to the Ouija board, though, uh, that story you told us the the what the thread that I I carried through that was just the gravity of this. Uh, you know, getting a message like that, and I, honestly, I don't care what form it comes in. You know. Getting a message like that from, you know, obviously your dead child, your dead sister, um, that that to me, you know, look, I'm fine. Here's the deal. Here's all the yep. answers. Here's all the answers. I'm going to give you all the answers to everything that you've been asking since this has happened, right? No, I right. wasn't in pain. No, I, we died instantly. Uh, we're cool. We're all right. I mean, that, we love you. We're with you yeah, forever. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and I think you know, even obviously the you know the the love part i think is established i think what most parents or even like a relative their biggest concern i think when it comes to this stuff is just simply i'm okay is this person okay are they are they happy are they are they okay wherever the heck they're at we don't know where the hell they're at um Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest one that you you know that at least i think a lot of people be most concerned about that is this person okay you know, we don't know. We have no idea. So uh, that's what I got was just this gravity uh, that, you know, I felt that when you were telling me that, when you were talking about It changed about everybody in that room that day. It changed everybody. Um, and and it, it definitely changed me in um, great ways. Yeah. No, it, it's a, in, uh, that it really is a different take uh, on the Ouija board. Going back to this, you know, this topic here. Um, right, right. You know, is this... You know that I I haven't heard too many stories like I mean I haven't heard it. What the hell am I? Who am I kidding? I've never really <laughs> heard anybody you know talk about stuff like this. You know when it comes to the Ouija board, you know it's a it's different. It's true. Idea. It's true. Most people don't have a, a very uh, not always positive. But, but however, having said that, most people don't have always positive. There are a lot of people that are coming out of the woodworks now with all the work I've been doing. Uh, with with the tool and the books I write and the shows I do, and they're writing to me and talking to me about their experiences and how it's been super positive for for them. Now I do get some of the people that tell me it's negative for them and this is why. And and you know I say um, it, it's it, if you don't if you don't like it and it's not you know you don't, it doesn't call to you don't there's no reason to do it. There's if you want to do other tools there's other tools you can do or you don't even need to do tools. It's up to you. I I'm a person that likes to explore and discover and it doesn't matter if I'm using a board or just in life. I, yeah. I like to get in my car and drive home and drive there a different way. I like to see what's out there around the bend. And so that's what I do. And so the biggest comment I get back from people people that have their own fear, they want to project that onto me and say well, you shouldn't do that. That's evil. How do you know who you're talking to? They're, they're tricking you. Well, my God, it's been 45 years. If I've been tricked, I got the best trickers in the world <laughs> who helped me in incredible ways and help people heal in amazing ways. Um, they're, they're, I don't get tricksters. Um, 
in the beginning, yeah, you can get pull in other energies. You can, there are lower astral level beings. You can definitely pull those in, but you can pull those in without even having a board. You just by you walking around and, and being silly or even, you know, paranormal investigation or provoking, or just being yourself, maybe at a party, drinking too much, doing drugs or whatever, and you open up your aura and they, they get attached to you. So it's not, it's really, it's, it's really yourself. It has nothing to do with the board. The board, the board does nothing. It's a neutral thing. Um, the one I got in 1973 is a is a masonite board. I have a lot of boards. Uh, you can imagine, mm -hmm. probably just like your wife. Yeah. And I have them all over the house too. And um, you know, it's it's they're they're neutral. They're just art pieces of artwork to me. They're interesting, unique. I, I have talking boards and Ouija boards, and it's myself. It's really truly me. The reason why I can do this is because we all have these abilities within us to be able to communicate with these other energies that we can't always see. I call it uh, navigating the unseen dimensions. We have the ability to do this. We just have been told we can't, or we've forgotten how to do it, or we told that we shouldn't, or it, all these things. Um, we've been kind of disempowered by what a lot of different institutions have told us. And so when somebody says to me, well, how do you know it's not a trickster? Well, I, I knew right away it wasn't, and I and I knew any time when I had something on that was not a, a lovely being. Because I'll tell you what, when you use this tool and you learn to use it, um, you will feel the the power of the energy. Uh, you'll feel it in your body. Not that the spirits are coming to my body. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I am very sensitive to the energies, and I can feel them. And I, and when I'm finished channeling on the board. Uh, with the beings that I will get to that who I talked to have been talking to since 1994 this group of beings I called the guides and this is why I say other dimensions um, they are ethereal beings that have never been born in body they're pure light of source energy they're an extension of source very close to source well we are extensions of source too we just we just forgot that they every time I work with them I feel this elation a pure love flowing through me because I open myself to their messages and the wisdom and the inspiration and guidance and the words that come through and it's so pure and unconditional loving uh, that it just it exudes and then I'm, I'm real high from it for quite some time and it's it's a beautiful feeling and when you have that kind of feeling like an example would be uh when you're young and you fall in love for the first time that exciting giddy wonderful feeling that's the feeling but yet it's very mature it's not yeah, like it's gonna yeah. fly by night it's very mature and, it, and that's how i can tell it's that when you open up your heart inside you know that good feeling and nothing can do that except for your separate connection with pure love that's the only way could do, that it could be done and even with wilma jean i had that feeling from her it was, she came in pure love and and these beings that come through and, and the, the deceased or transition when they communicate like that gal who wanted to have that wanted to tell her sister she was okay she came in pure love it was it was really? sad for Layla, but it was yeah. very uh, heartwarming for us inside. Karen, why do you think you stepping back a little bit? Why do you think we have been as, as a race of people as, as these I, I refer to as dirty bags of water <laughs> running around these <laughs> you know us? Uh, why do you think we have been I guess conditioned to not explore? what we're talking about right now more I and mean, where why do you think more people or why do you think there has been this this stigma of you know you can't do that it's evil you can't do things i mean i don't know not even including you know working working on a ouija board just in general i think i mean i'm just curious to hear what your your viewpoint is on that um as far as why do you think we have been kind of shut down on that idea 
Well, I write about the, that the Zach Cop concept in my book, The Spirit of Alchemy, Secret Teachings of the Sacred Reunion, because I, I felt like after I wrote that book, The Spirits of Ouija, people wanted to know more and how to do this work with or without a board, but also how to eventually connect with spirit guides, your yeah. higher self, and, and why we haven't been doing that. And, and what, what are those blocks that are holding us back? Well, quite simply, our ancestors, well, now let's just go back thousands of years, they had no problem being in communion with the seasons, the cycles, the energies, their ancestors. They celebrated that. When um, in the book, I trace this all the way back. I trace back really uh, to a lot of the earlier Christian days when the, the the predecessors to the Christians really were ones who believed they could have a direct relationship uh, to source itself. Call it God. Call it universe. Call it spirit. They they called it God or source. They didn't feel like they needed any Inter intermediary that's how hard word for me to say sometimes intermediary <laughs> <laughs> and when when uh, the when the when the vatican came into ruling uh in rome and they started changing some of the the religious doctrines leaving out certain concepts of it as well as certain books and changing some of the words to mean certain things they they took out a lot of things and they added things that would control the masses um, it, that was the domineering force back then that was that's that's who who controlled the the state that was government in, in a sense and they wanted to be able to to receive money you had a tithe or a tithe tithe's a positive thing you had to give money to the to the church you had to pay for your sins basically and then they use that to build up their empire and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so if you became too empowered then they wouldn't be able to control you so they purposely said anything that had to do with paganism um or any any type of religion that didn't fit their their religion uh had to had was wrong. It was bad. It was evil, and started turning some of the words around, like the word "daemon," D-A-E-M-O-N, into yeah. "demon," and then making it a negative connotation. And so that just that just kept you know snowballing more and more over the years. And so people had to go underground. And so you had like the alchemist, you had these these hermetic scientists, you had the ones who were the original Christians. They all went underground and had to hide their stuff for fear that they they would lose their life. They'd be maimed, murdered, tortured all those te terrible things they could do back in those days. And to this day, um, sometimes they still do it in other countries, um, you know, if they, you don't fit into the picture what that religion is supposed to be. And so religion is the controlling, became the control, controlling faction here. And anything you did with the other dimensions or spirits was demonized, was considered, was marginalized, or, or and worse, it was, it was you're considered very evil, and they had to get rid of you. And so th that's that's what this other book is about. It's really to teach people to reclaim that part of themselves that went underground. And to this day, as you mentioned, we all have these these fears and stuff that are still put on us. That's kind of the residue. It's the leftover from those earlier days, um, and not being able to express who you are. Oh and, yeah, I'm still and, and I'm I'm still working off the, uh, uh, the, the the I would say well I was I was raised Lutheran so that's Catholic light. Okay, close enough. Yeah, that's Catholic light. So I I will say I'm still. I, I think I've pretty much shed the Catholic guilt. I don't I don't feel any yeah. of that stuff anymore. You know, it, I it, gave it up. I'm just like it's over it. It's a good it. point you brought because it's that's hard. It's hard to shake that because you you were told such bad things would happen if you didn't do it the religion this way or didn't like for me the Catholic thing was you know all the the the, the stuff the the um. Oh, CCD, and I had to go through confirmation and the rights of attrition. Um, I the 
everything that was related to it. And that, and I think religion is beautiful. It, it really can help people and it really can bring people together. But when it starts controlling you and you can't have your direct relationship or that it's evil or, and it started really, what it started doing, messing with our minds yeah. in terms of dualism and making it say things are either good or bad and we forget the shades of gray in between. And you that's know, what it's done. You know, it's ironic. You know, I, I want to tell you a story if you don't mind, Karen. Oh, very cool. It's, it's very, it's very interesting. We're kind of getting, we're going down this road right now because I mean, as I said, um, I sh I've, shed a I've shed all that behind me. It's all in my past. But growing up, um, what was a barrier for me, what, where I did have those fears was with art a lot of times, like just all the art that I wanted to get into and explore and things like that. Uh, and I was always, you know, I was you know, the people that raised me, um, you know, my family. I know they had a part in that saying, that's evil, stay away from that, you're going to go to hell, you know, the whole thing, right? Um, it's taken me many years, and I think, you know, even, and that was 30-something years ago. It's taken me many years, and maybe in the last five or six, I really feel like I have just kind of, you know, shed that whole thing. Like, nothing scares me anymore, right? Um, ironically enough, it, it's funny. In the last, like, uh, six or seven months, I've discovered some new art, you know, just because that's what happens to you, right? That is kind of uh, religiously based, I guess you'd say. So everything you just said a few minutes ago, it kind of it was tying all this together for me, kind of, because, as I said, I've kind of shed all that stuff behind me. Um, however, in the last like this year, I've discovered some stuff that's ha that's kind of showed me the beauty of religion again, mm -hmm. you, like you just said. Right. That, you know, I've been and I've. I won't lie. I've been, you know, I mean, I've been kind of reading some scriptures here and there. I'm not right. taking the, I'm not taking the pill. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, yeah. uh, but I've been reading some scriptures. I'm like, that's some really beautiful writing. I mean, whatever it might be, whatever you want it to believe it is. I'm like, it's some really beautiful writing. I think it's really cool. Um, so it's kind of funny how stuff like that kind of comes full circle because I'm, I'm admiring. I'm, I'm, it, I should say I'm, I'm, I'm observing this. I'm just observing it. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be a part of it anymore. I'm kind of just observing and going, well, you know, this is this was a lot different when you're looking at it from the outside as opposed to when you're inside of it uh, and you're having it slammed into your head every every day being told this is what you have to believe or else. Right. Um, it's it's a different feeling. So that whole thing you talked about, I totally identify with that. <laughs> I totally I, see you know, I, that. I think a lot of people do. People write to me and talk to me about this. I have a lot of people that are in their um, – late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, who are just starting to shake some of that stuff too. And then and then recircling back to maybe those roots. And so I'll tell you one of the things I did. I'm glad you brought that up about your the resurfacing of your your roots in religion. And yeah. and it, it very much can be a beautiful thing. And so for me, um, I, I don't, I'm not a practice, practicing Catholic and I'm, I don't practice any religion really at all. Yeah. But I, I am very spiritual. And what and for me, what, what I've done is um, studied, I studied a lot of different religions and cultures. And I've lived, I lived many places and traveled all over the world and I really enjoy going into whether it's a temple a mosque a cathedral whatever it is Native American church and I've gone to many services to just take in that energy not so much what everybody's saying but the feeling of being around a sense of community and what people where people feel it and people will feel it there and, and some people don't but you might find if you leave it and look at it from the outside like you're doing you, be, you have a whole new beauty for it and yes yeah. when you're young you're usually forced to do something, and that's just your parents just trying to raise you right, you know, whatever they think that that's, that's 
the right thing to do, and then it doesn't always work to our benefit, and then no. we come back later on. And sometimes it does work to our benefit. But for me, when I travel overseas, one of the favorite things I love to do is go see, like I said, these cathedrals and temples and mosques and buildings. And I did Malaysia recently and went to their different temples and just really immersed myself in, in their gods and goddesses. And, and it, you know, it, it's just admiring the beauty of that spirituality, of that religion, uh, Buddhism and stuff of the, that nature, which is not mine, but I can definitely appreciate it. So it, it, it really, if we look at uh, religions more on the level of there's a necessity for them and it's a necessity that, that for different people for different reasons and it's great to have a freedom of religion especially in our country where a lot of countries don't have that no they it's don't great to have that. no they don't because then then you can learn from your your fellow uh buddhist or your fellow jew or your fellow uh, lutheran or yeah. or, or whatever and and if there's such and you'll start to see this is the coolest thing now about it and this is why I like to write about it sometimes, is you'll begin to see that golden thread that weaves the truth through all of these religions, and you find it in there somewhere. And that, and that's, and that's, that's powerful to me. That's powerful. That, well, and that's what I keep saying. I've been saying this for so long. I'm like, look, man, I think we're, we're all kind of, you know, whatever the belief system may be, I think it's all pointing to this, the same thing. It's just people's different interpretations yeah. of whatever it might be. Um, Yes. That's not enough for people, it seems like, though. I mean, I don't want to go on a rant about this, but, you know, we're obviously seeing some pretty gnarly stuff happen um, globally uh, as a result of what we're talking about right oh, now, the, yeah. our differences in our beliefs. Uh, and I've always found that just really uh, insulting uh, because I'm like, I, I go, man, just stop for a minute. I think we're all kind of going for the same thing here. Uh, why are people dying? <laughs> right. I, I don't understand that. Uh, I think it, I think it, I think it's 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 a horrendous. But yeah, it's that golden thread that you're talking about. That's a beautiful way to put it. Um, I, I see that too. Like, okay, we're, it, it, I see all these similarities. I'm drawing all the lines. Why yeah. can't you guys draw the lines? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so when sometimes we get too aligned with something, we 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 can't see outside of it. We we're, we have our blinders on, and that's what happens a lot. And and you know, and this this really ties into the, using the board because yeah, when I yeah. work the board, I talk to beings from all different religions and all different backgrounds and all different places and all different dimensions and very different than even humanoid types of beings. So you, it's it's we got to get it together here first with our own religions on this third dimension before we actually start moving into the other dimension and even have disclosure from maybe extraterrestrials because they believe in such a different way. So we can't even accept our own kind here on on this planet. And so, but with the with the board, you begin to learn to accept many different types of of beings that can come through uh -huh. that are not just humanoid. Really? Yeah. Like, well, the animals are one, but yeah. Um, if you, okay. So this is where we go down the rabbit hole. Like we haven't already started going there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guides I work with, so so they came to me in in, in 1994. They appeared, and and so to give you an idea of the different beings that you can communicate with. It was in 1989, I got out of graduate school, I was now a practicing psychotherapist living in Texas, and I had two close friends, and these two friends, we would get together, and for a period of four years, they enjoyed doing the board with me too, and for a period of four years, we did, we did pretty much nothing but focus on talking to our higher selves. I, I had this idea. I said, you know, talking to dead people is kind of cool, but why couldn't we just talk to ourselves? Talk to that part of ourself that, that exists beyond our corporeal existence, beyond our physical body. That really is me back in spirit that, that touches up to source, that touches this part of God. Why couldn't I talk to that part of me, that all-powerful knowing part of me? 
You know, we're not yeah. taught that we even have this part of ourselves. And so this is something I was studying in psychology and I was, I've been reading all kinds of books all my life about different things like this. And they said, hey, why not? They were so open to it. And so we did. And I read about this, these experiments that we did in, in my book as well. But in a nutshell, we got such great insight from ourselves, and we were dealing with certain issues or problems or make, trying to make decisions. We were all like in our mid-20s, late 20s, and just trying to get through life and starting out in our careers. And it just was very, very, very helpful, I can tell you. But along the path of doing that, we inadvertently raised our frequency. Now, I, fig I figured this all out later. But what happened was we started, since we were making these connections to ourselves, we were becoming more empowered in our lives. Uh, and this was showing our outer life too, and decisions we made or uh, just uh, where we were in our career paths and, and things we would say to people to get things done and et cetera. And uh, we raised our frequency that we started bringing other beings. So then we started bringing in ETs. I'm like, what? We're talking extraterrestrials that come through and they're very much humanoid kind of extraterrestrials that come through and just talk to us about different things out there in the world. And I remember one came through one time and it, it, it freaked me out because it, it said, we come from the, the, how this went, this, I have this written down, the seventh spiral, the seventh spiral of the purple flame, we used to live on Maldek oh, until man. we got in a great fight. And, and we left. Many of us went to many of us left went to Mars, and many of us came to Earth. They went. I'm like, what? I mean, heard. Of, I've never even heard of this planet, Meldek. I've never even heard of this this galactic war. Remember, uh -huh. there's no internet. This is 1989, yeah. or there was. I think there was internet for military, but we weren't using very, internet. At that very, very limited. Yet. Very limited. Yeah, very limited. I think dial-up started right around that time, 1991 or AOL. Those yeah. chat rooms. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I wasn't doing internet. I wasn't researching. I just said that's stupid. I, I want to just talk to my higher self. Well, um, they came in and out. It, it was like they chose when they wanted to come in and talk to us. And then we just let them talk. And then we go, okay, let's get back to our higher self. Then the angels started coming through. Then next thing I know, I had an angels talking to me. And they all, we all had angels. Angels were coming through. We just, we kept moving up the echelon, if you will. I'm not saying one's higher or greater than the other. But as we changed our frequency and opened, expanded our horizons within our higher self, we drew these different beings to us. And, and that went on for like four years. And then, and then finally in 94, um, that's actually not five years, another year later, this new group of beings came through. And I was introduced to them from another being I was talking to. And they said, you had a dream last night. And these two new beings are going to be here to talk to you. And I remember the dream. And sure enough, two came through. And these are the guides that I talk to now. And they one they entered through one came through when I say entered, um, the planchette moved up to the sun on the board and it came down and said hi this is who I am, and the, then the planchette went up to the moon came down and said hi this is who I am, and yeah. I just refer to them as the guides now it's a collective group but then talking to them it just opened up a whole new world of being able to branch out and talk to all kinds of sentient beings now uh, this includes communicating with trees. This includes the vegetable kingdom. This includes communicating with earth. This this includes communicating with what? flowers, plant, everything. I mean, all kinds of animals, species. You can communicate with um, cryptids. Uh, you, of course, different alien species. Uh, well, we're alien to them. We'll just call them extraterrestrial species. Uh, well, how do they know? I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Karen. But yeah, that's fine. Very, I know it's, it's pretty I'm curious, and, I, and Amber's kind of got the same look on her face no, too. I, I want to talk to a vegetable. <laughs> well, so do how, I. How can you talk it's, to trees? You, listen, and... Now listen, you can. This is the problem. <laughs> I love every this. species has their own way of communication, and and some of them are. For example, I talked to a praying mantis. It's a little harder to talk to a praying mantis than it is to, let's say, a rabbit, or let's say it is to a bison. 
Um, their purpose at praying mantises is really, you know, eating the grubs and helping your insects on your garden. They have so that their focus is there. They're it's like, insect huh, mind. It's very, it's very simple. It's, 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 it's more simple. We call it simple, but it, there's a complexity to them. But it's it's simple in terms of what, how we would even want to communicate with them. The trees are the trees are so much easier to communicate with than any insect. Why? Um, they are such wise beings, and this is what I've learned about them. They have their own network. So basically, their roots in the ground is like their their worldwide web. And they reach out and touch all these little filaments in the in the fibers and the dirt, and that sends out signals to the rest of the trees. And they 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 like their own tree species better, but they get along with other tree species, and they communicate through this this network of of um, of um, oh the roots. Now what's weird is okay, I I didn't do any research on this. I was just talking to trees or telling me all this, and um, oh they they speak like the Native Americans speak, uh, very very um, direct, very proud, regal. And uh, simplistic, so you understand. It, it's it's poetic too. They're beautiful what they say. Um, anyway, what I then I started researching about trees and communication. I found this gentleman who wrote this book about tree life, and he says they have a they have a network. Their network is the roots. They talk to each other. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, this is what they just told me. So I, I what happens is I'll get some information on the board. That's one example. I get it. I get a lot. And then I have to go research it later and go, are you kidding me? That that's, that's <laughs> what they told me. So yeah, uh, trees are easier for that reason because they have this network and if one tree doesn't have the answer. He's got to reach it out and get it under the ground from another tree. Amazing. They're just amazing beings. So yeah, you can now here's here's a caveat. If you don't believe this is going to work, your energy will affect this. Again, th it's not that the board is doing this work. It's my abilities within. I will shut them down. As quickly as you've been shut down in your life, I told you can't do this. That's bad. You got to do it this way. You'll shut yourself down. So I had, I worked really hard on myself and I'm pretty open. I've always been open, but really pushing and stretching the boundaries of openness with communicating with the trees and cryptids of that nature, like Sasquatch or somebody like that, that, you know, we haven't been able to prove is he here or not. Um, but what I'm saying, I can't really, you can't really prove it either, yeah. but I had to open myself up to the possibilities and once I did, it's like they they started presenting themselves to me, and then and then and then after they started communicating with me, I'm like, oh, okay, I can talk to you. Yes, I mean, here's an example. One day, this was in uh, let me see, this was 1996, January 26, 1996. I was sitting there with my partner. Uh, we were in, I was living in Oregon at the time. We were using the board, and I had I had two cats at that time, and, and one of my cats was sitting there. Uh, in, in a chair. He liked to sit in this rocking chair kind of near us when we worked the, the board. And my, I was talking to my angel at the time. And she said, oh, Karen, I've got somebody here who wants to talk to you. You're not going to believe it. I said, oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm always talking to spirits. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to believe ETs. You know, I'm already talking to those guys. You know, I believe in angels. And she's like, no, this is somebody different. Um, you ready? And I said, sure. So the planchette slows down, goes a different direction, kind of moves a little jerky, not as smooth as Mary Angel's movements are. And all of a sudden it spells out, Hermes cat, I love you. <laughs> I say it like a baby. Because my cat was sitting right there and I said, Mary Angel, did my cat? She goes, yes, your cat wanted to say hi to you and tell you that he loves you. I said, are you freaking kidding? She goes, no, I'm not. She goes, you can communicate with the animals. Now it's time for you, you need it. it's time for you to learn that and you can communicate with them. And I went, oh my God, the sky's the limit now. I mean, I, the sky's not the limit. I can go anywhere and do this. So at that point in 1996 is when I started animal communication with the board. And my, and very, again, my cat was very much alive. And I, that's when I realized 
you know, not only can you talk to live people through their higher selves, you could talk to animals that are alive. And then, of course, I spoke to the cats when they died. And I, since then, I've spoken with many people's animals and pets over the years and my own. And I, even one of my more recent animals named himself via the board. So um, this is just, it just, it, it's mind boggling. It goes way out there. I go on the fringe, not expecting people to believe me, but this is my story. And it's been working really well for me in yeah, terms yeah. of, my experiences. And so the, the, the world of possibilities has opened that much more to me over the years since 1996 when the animals started coming through. We, we've had this, we're getting, we're getting an echo thing again here. Oh, um, we've had this, speaking of golden threads. Yeah. We've had this thread, I think, going through several shows now about animals. Oh, <laughs> it's been, it's Amber, you know, that we, we've been, we've been talking a lot about animals. Um, and I've been kind of referring it, referring to it as the you know uh, the great mystery of communication with animals. Um, mm -hmm. I think there I think there is this I think that's what you know attracts people. Um, and I, I don't really like using this term of pet ownership. Um, the older I get, especially the last couple of years, we don't own anything as people. We don't own you can't own another animal. I mean you I mean we as people the higher species we like to think. Um, you know, we like to think, I think a lot of people like to think that they own uh, an animal. They, they own this creature. And that just simply isn't true. You can't do that. Um, they can be your companion, I think. Um, and they can depend on you to a certain degree, I think, also. When you domesticate an animal, um, they are going to depend on you for food and shelter and safety and things like that. Uh, but I think that should be more of a privilege for people to have, to be able to do something like that for, for another creature. Um, so that leads us down this road where we obviously, and it, it's obvious with you too, Karen, you love your pets, right? Uh, we oh, love, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, me and Amber are, are softies to the core when it comes to any kind of animal. We were playing with goats yesterday, as a matter of fact. We, <laughs> I love goats. We, we were at our friend's uh, farm, and we, we actually drove up there for the sole purpose because they 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 got a couple of goats and I'm like I need to meet the goats uh, <laughs> and you know I fell in love immediately it was out there buying and all that stuff and it just it's mind blowing right uh, so I think as people who who like to have companionship um, from creatures that we can't necessarily have a one-to-one -one contact or communication with like we're having right now, Karen, like we're talking and we can understand each other and we can, we can, we can riff off each other's points and stuff like that, that we're making. Uh, we can't do that with animals. We, we can't speak with them like we're, we're speaking. So we have what I refer to again is this great mystery of communication with animals. Um, and I think people spend years with their, with the animals that they, that they have, trying to break through that veil you know you follow what i'm saying yeah um, that, no, that totally makes sense and, and i think um <clears throat> excuse me i think a lot of people uh with their animals you just you 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 feel them you sense them you read them body language but also they're also whether we we were consciously aware of it or not they're they're sending out information to us at all times and and just because humans have a way to choose their words and mince things up and beat around the bush and all these things we do to hide what we're thinking yeah these animals don't they're so unconditional they're just so open in their hearts that they just it's like you know what they're feeling they know what you're feeling they're very sensitive and, and yet i believe they're sending us 
well, they, they tell me this. They're sending us images. They're sending us emotions. They're sending us pictures in our mind. They're sending us words and thoughts and it, all the time. And that's how they communicate. That is how they communicate and how they do it with each other. And yeah. we have to learn to be more open to that. But I think people that love animals naturally fall into that position because we are an animal actually ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we are. And that's why I said you know, we're this higher thing, I guess. And I don't believe that very much. You know, going to your point, though, it's funny. When my I, I lost an uncle uh, in 19. 19- 1993 and he had uh he had a uh, doberman spotted doberman i guess we know black and white you know real beautiful dog sam was his dog's name it's one of these things i'll never forget because when my uncle passed away his dog sam um that dog was completely like inconsolable you you could i mean you speaking of that idea of communication right Mm -hmm. uh you know her friend was gone and they tried to get her to eat for a week and she just passed away. She yeah. just she just passed away not too long after him. She wouldn't eat and she just expired on her own. Um, they're obviously emotional creatures, especially dogs. Uh, and I think cats to a certain degree. Oh, too. cats are too, very much yeah. so. Dogs, I think, are... You, you, dogs can... You know, there is a... Communi- and when I say that this mystery of communication with, with, with creatures, I mean, it's... We do communicate. I mean, dogs wear their emotions on their sleeve. <laughs> you can see <laughs> when a dog's happy. You know, I, I, I've been watching this close. I've been wa- I've been falling down, speaking of rabbit holes, falling down rabbit holes like on YouTube and stuff like that of like dog videos, right? And, <laughs> you know, which is like the worst thing they do because you just it just turns you into a total softy. And and like, um, I never even realized dogs smiled until maybe <laughs> like a year ago. Like, and I started seeing, like, look at the dog smiling. And I look at him like, that damn dog is smiling. You're right. Look, at he's got a smile on his face. Uh, and I never noticed that until not mm-hmm. too long ago. So these are emotional creatures. And they do communicate with us in any way they can. But we're talking about through a Ouija board now, which is... Yeah. Yeah. We, have, we, have, a, and, we, and, we have, like, what Star Trek refers to as a universal translator. You know, that's right. Th- that's what the, that's I'm on, I'm on the right page with this. And that, that's how it works. Because like, I've asked this question many times, especially like, how can he do this? And she said, uh, Mary Angel, she said, and this they've, they've told me ever since. It's like there's like an interpreter. It's like a, a conscious. You can call it a consciousness or oversoul of that animal species, that animal kind that will come through and communicate. We'll say what we do is we take the images, the messages are giving us, the thoughts, the feelings, and put it into the best words we can form around that so it translates to your language. And by the way, when I get beings on here that speak in other languages, the same thing happens. So like they, so I've had beings come through in Spanish and. Uh, I know a little, un poquito español, but not, not, it's muy mal. (laughs) Mi hablo español, está muy mal, or something, es muy mal. But they come through, and and I can do a little bit, but then they come through, and then it's, there's a translator, if you will. There's another, other beings, there's other energies that that help, that step in. Same with the trees. I mean, how am I, they're speaking English to me. Um, Snakes, uh, buffalo, dolphins, they're, they're speaking English. And so it's, again, it's having that translation and them also wanting to communicate with me and and in the best way they can to know that I'm not going to get it unless they do it this way. Now, some of the animals have said before, especially like Sasquatch has said, you know, the problem with one of the things we stumble with humans is that you, you, you can't you, you can't speak to us. We, we speak to you all the time telepathically. You just you shut that part down. You're not listening. It's yeah. Hard. You're, yeah, you're just not listening. You said snakes too. That's interesting, Amber. We should break the Ouija board out. 
and talk to Astrid. We have okay. a snake here in, in our studio. Oh, what kind of snake do you have? She's a 23-year-old, well, yeah, she's a 23-and-a-half-year-old ball python. No. Oh, yeah, wonderful. Well, I have, I don't have I don't have a pet snake, but in my backyard, I had a oh, I don't know, 6 foot, 5 6 foot long rattlesnake come through. Oh, that's, yeah, like, you're out there in California. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm out there right near I knew it couldn't give me I know I've been around snakes all my life in the southwest and stuff and I know they coil up and you know how long they can strike. But I'm taking photos of this thing and filming it and all of a sudden he starts coiling up and I thought, oh, "Okay, it's time to go back time in." Time to go away. He, he just wanted yeah. to have a drink of a little of his little waterfall, and he wanted to drink. Then he says, "I hope you don't mind. I come here often." I'm like, "Often? Oh my god! I go out there barefoot all the time." And yeah. he says, "But <laughs> I'm not here to bite you." But he says, "Do stay back, because of my type, I am. That's my nature. If you get too close." Yeah, that that that's it's just a reflex they have. It's just a defense it is mechanism. A reflex. They don't. They don't. I mean, that's been you know scientifically. I mean, when you get down to the hard science, yeah, those animals. That's why you know. Especially when you it's come not, across rattlesnakes, you got to, you know, you have to be very careful, obviously. You have to respect these animals in their environment and, and with the wild ones. And so that, that's really, that's really important because they're going to do what a wild animal does, you know? Yeah. It, you, you could talk to a lion all you want, but even if you talk to the Ouija board, I would never go get in the cage of a lion because I know that they have their own, their own fears and their own things that they want to eat. You know, they're going to eat people. I sat I down would, over this uh, couple, that was about three summers ago now. I, was, I have a lot of family from Tennessee. And I was down there, uh, and I went down to one of the state parks and did some hiking. And I went down to one of the riverbeds that dried out for the summer. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna, I have my book with me. I'm like, I'm going to read my book. I'm going to sit here in the sun and just relax and read my book and enjoy myself. And so I sit down, and not a minute after I sat down, I looked down between my feet, and I saw what was a copperhead crawling Ooh. crawling <laughs> under. Like I was, I was sitting on a bunch of rocks, like big, massive boulder stones right um like a mountain <laughs> and Ooh. uh i saw what was uh you know a copperhead crawling back under the rocks and i going to on the point you were making um yeah i i saw that and said you know well of course i breathed in real deep and i got up and it, it was literally crawling i was watching its tail go under the rocks under me and i'm like this is not my turf no <laughs> It's I, not anymore. I, this is not my turf. <laughs> At that this point, is, yeah. it's, he claimed it. <laughs> yeah, he. this is his turf. Now, what likely happened is I didn't see him, and I sat down there, and he was down there below me. And, yeah, I. while I do say it was it was his turf, he got scared and said, well, this thing is huge. I mean, when you, mm -hmm. when you talk about reptiles like that, that's kind of how they size things up. This thing is too big to eat, so I'm not going to risk injuring myself trying to bite it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's how the reptilian brain works. But um, so, I mean, it's a it's a it's a give take thing, I think, when it comes to that. I mean, to as a person, you know, and I obviously have a bigger soft spot for snakes than most people do. Like I do every animal. I said, I'm going to respect this animal. This is his house. I'm going to get out of here and go find another place to chill out. Like maybe a Starbucks or something. <laughs> you know, Smart idea. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> but you know, that's the thing you respect those animals. And I think if you're quiet and you, well, obviously with animals like that, no sudden movements, just get the hell out of there. You know, and I think that's more, that's more on a real three dimensional uh, plane. We're talking about here, not on a spiritual plane, but this rattlesnake told you, uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. He had a lot to say. Yeah, he had. A, what, what, well, I'm curious. What else did he say? <laughs> I have to. Well, ask he says. You. He says I come here often. He goes. I, I live. I live down below. Uh, I have this little hillside. It's just some green belt stuff around my house, and he lives down in there. And that made sense. And he says, I hope you don't mind. I, I, I will come here often. I said, Well, maybe we can just work it out where I'm not outside. And that's the first time I've seen him. Now I've been in this house since to, since um, 2002 for six for 16 years. He came. It's about a year year and a half ago, I think. So uh, so 14 years I've been in this house and had not seen him. I've seen other snakes like garden snakes. Some really you know, more benign snakes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And this one was had a beautiful time. I filmed it, put it on, put it, I put it on Facebook and everything. It was just people were like, oh, you're so crazy. I said, no, no, you just you respect animals. You just you get in, get out, and don't get too close. You respect them from in. afar. I always say, yeah, yeah. And then and then sat inside and watched him. But you know, he just wanted to drink water, drink water. Then went right back his merry way, just right where where I saw him come from. And it was just it was a watering hole. It's a local watering hole. I mean, I get raccoons out there at night. I get opossums. I get frogs. <laughs> Everything just comes over here and stops by and drinks. So I thought, you know what? It's just okay. Yeah. Let, <laughs> well, yeah. People should just let them do their thing. You know. Yeah. You know, people. Why don't you call somebody animal? I go no because um, it, it's a green belt. Nobody's gonna be. No, there's nobody's gonna get hurt. We just leave it, leave it alone. Um, you know, if he wanted to stay, that would have been a different story. But he went back, and and I'm fine. You know, I don't have any animals out back. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about it, and there's no children right nearby. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's 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 a matter of respecting them. I think for me, doing this work and communicating with the animals um, really made sense for me. I, as you said, I, we all of us here talking right now, are, we're animal lovers. I'm sure a lot of people listening in are too. It's your energy, it's the vibe, and and that's I believe that's why they the, the animals started communicating with me through the board. And now it's like sometimes my cats, I can't get them to shut up. I mean. <laughs> I, it's, seriously, this is, a, this is a funny story. I got to tell you guys, this, this is really hysterical. So I'm I'm on a, a, a YouTube show. We're doing a live Google Hangouts, and we're, it was for show, another another talk show. And the host, uh, so we, ha- we we were on video, and he was reading the questions people had, and we were answering people's questions, giving people readings from the guides, whatever questions they wanted to ask. And um, so one gentleman started asking about this book he was writing, and if the topic he was writing about was that good, and some thoughts and suggestions for him. And, and so the guys are answering. All of a sudden, the planchette changes directions, and a whole new sentence, thoughts come out. And it says, and we read it back and goes, hey, I'm an author, too. Tell him about my book I'm writing. And huh? the guy hosted says, uh, Karen, who is that? I said, oh, that's my cat, Jack. He's he's writing a book, and he just is so excited because he heard that we were talking to another author here, and he just wants everybody to know that. I'm like, seriously, Jack, I'm doing this show. We're going to be running. And he's walking by back and forth. At that time, I had three cats. He's walking back and forth. He just wanted to tell everybody he was just so proud of himself that he's talking to me on a board and writing a book. That's wild. That's that's awesome, Jack. Um, But everybody laughed. If someone is new to Ouija boards, like maybe their only experience was sitting there in elementary school you know, at a slumber party asking what boy likes them. And, oh, yeah. you know, what if someone wants to get in this for real and start communicating with different entities, higher selves, past loved ones, what is your best advice for getting into it? That's Amber, I'm so glad you, you asked that question. That's really the place to start. I always tell people before you even start with this tool, ask yourself why. What, what is it you want to do with this tool? And, and, and let that be your guiding force. So most people say, I'm curious, or they say I want to talk to uh, dead relatives, or I want to explore. I want to know my past lives, or, and then people start getting obsessed with it and want to get answers to everything in their life. And I said that's not the place to start. I, and I, w- looking back now, and all these years I've been using it, I, I think my path was was just wonderful. Uh, and I think I'm very fortunate because I had such a wonderful path with this tool, a, a great journey. It's been just great, and it's just getting better. Um, 
I would tell people what I've learned is to really ask to speak to, I would say either you're a spirit guide, somebody who helps you, a deceased loved one who really has your best interest at heart, who you just had a great connection with. Um, I wouldn't go right to the animals. That does take a little more energy. Uh, it's a little different frequency to work with the animals right away. But I would start with a, a deceased loved one. Uh, I would start with your higher self or a guide. And I tell people when the messages come through, take it with a grain of salt. No matter what they tell you, just you don't know until you start building up the energy. And it could take a while because it, when these energies connect, I say energy because it could be any kind of sentient being when they come through. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be based on your own filters, your own beliefs, your own perceptions, your worldviews. You influence the communication in oh, many parts. Yeah. yeah. Because they're coming, the energy is coming through your mind. They use your words, your thoughts. It's not like they're getting in your body. They're using what you're going to understand. They're limited by you. And so I tell people, you don't just take this tool out of the box and, start, and think all of a sudden you're going to get the guides coming through or your angel guy or angels or your, or your higher self. It's, you've got to do your work on yourself, which at the same time, it doesn't have to be such a huge production, but it means you really begin looking inside yourself. Are you afraid of this tool? Why are you afraid of it? What started that fear? What can you do to help yourself become more empowered? Uh, do you do any kind of meditation or do any kind of inner work? Do you look at your inner self? Do you pay attention to your dreams? Are you already in communication with your guides, like through symbols and signs and and things they, they leave for you? I mean, you have to really, it becomes esoteric. I really think to have really good results as I've had, it, you have to open yourself to a greater, deeper sense of self within the world and with the spirituality. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean religion. It can mean religion. I have people who are religious mm -hmm. who do this and they pull that into it. But I say, you know, start with an invocation or incantation or prayer that states your intentions. And that's what I do every single, single session. That also raises your vibration because now you're, you and your partner, whoever's in the room, if it's just you, that's fine. You know what you're doing and that right there is how you dial up the frequency and you set your attention to that. Get in a place where you're high with your vibrations. You, you want to be in a good space when you use this tool, especially in the beginning. I, I, I'm always in a good space when I use it. I won't use it if I'm sick. If I'm, I just had a really crappy day, I, I'm going to wait till that passes or I can let go of it because that's going to influence you too. There's so many factors that come into this. People just go, oh, it doesn't work. I, I got out of the box, tried it five times. I go, dude, <laughs> think it's going to be a lot more than five times. It could be months. It could be hours. It could be years. I know people that, that just haven't ever been able to get it working. It's, they've been working on it for years. Um, and and it, it won't necessarily work for everybody too. It's really got to dig deep into yourself. I, I was so young that I was so open and I had a lot of really unexplained experiences with, with beings, ghosts, spirits, um, extraterrestrial, really kind beings in my room uh, that visit me. I saw things, I saw auras. I, I was already out there. I came in the world doing this stuff. So for me, it worked right away, but I can tell you it doesn't work that way for everybody. And when I sit down with people, even if, even though I have the experience using it, it's, it's, I have to connect all over again with somebody new, then it takes time for us to build our energy up. And so gibberish will come through. Um, it'll move, but it'll be gibberish and it, and it takes hours. And so my more recent partner, who's been working on the board with me for five years now, uh, he's on all my shows, his name's Rodney. And he, um, it took him about eight sessions and each session we sat there for about two hours and we just got gibberish. And then it started getting words and became sentences by the eighth session and after that, it's just critical mass. We just all of a sudden we're getting paragraphs and now we just get pages and pages and it goes and goes. So it does take time. And I tell everybody to be patient with themselves, be patient with the process. Um, 
be, just persevere with it and, and just, you know, um, keep your, keep your mood elevated. Don't get upset if it doesn't work right away. Cause it's just, it's not going to, that's just the, the reality of it. It's just not going to work right away. I think, it, I think it's something you, I mean, it's something you practice at like anything else. You just can't oh, get it from yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. Think, yeah, I think it's a new skill. Like, I, I took up golfing quite a few years ago, and I still, I think I'm still trying to take it up. I'm not that good at it, and I then I have good days and, and a lot of bad days, and you know, it's that kind of thing. And, and even though I practiced and, and did a lot of co- classes and courses and training and 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 tons of driving range and on the on the fairways and all this stuff, and it's like it's you got to really develop your skills. It yeah. takes a no, while. I think any type of, I mean, not just involved, and as you've said, you know, earlier uh, in this discussion. Uh, it, I, and I don't think it matters either. I mean, I think some people are, are able to access consciousness like this, you know, without tools. Um, and yes. I think that takes practice also like anything does. Uh, it, I think, you know, I've, we've all heard this. I know you have too, uh, that anybody on this planet, no matter where they come from, who they are, have access to this, uh, to open their minds up to a certain degree uh, and access uh higher consciousness let's call it uh and i think it's just a matter of working that muscle uh you know and if you don't you don't <laughs> i mean i know i i we talk about this stuff a lot right i mean we obviously do a show on this too um but i mean as far as me like myself I, it's not something i i exercise that much i maybe i should it, it, these ideas get me thinking about things like that but um it's not something that i just practice that so i think it's something you practice you practice you practice you practice and like you said now you guys are getting pages of uh, of of text from 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 these beings whatever they may oh, yeah. be which according i mean after this discussion I've learned that it's the sky's the limit pretty much. We could talk, we can talk to the plumbing in my house. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't spoken to anything inanimate. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'd like to speak. I would okay, love to Scott, speak. To... You, you, that will be your first. Consciousness and a sentience about it. it really has to have um, sentience. That's, that's the key thing here. So your ladybug, you can go talk to. But again, it, there's a different simplicity and complexity to them. And so, um, like, yeah. for example, talking to, uh, let's say, ants, it's a that's gonna be a little hard not because they're small they're, they're very their work will be very industrious but they're very focused on that one act they're doing um yeah. or and i'm gonna tell you i do these shows on youtube uh, on my channel and we have mystery guests that make appearances and i don't know who they're going to be but i know they're somebody the guides are bringing in for us and there's always a message in it for humanity when they come through and they don't tell us who they are they give this whole message and story it's kind of poetic and at the end they say this is who i am well we had the honeybees come through one time that was oh, dude ants um we've had some we've had hummingbirds coming through we've had oh dragons they're called dragoons really uh mythical creatures because they really did exist and they existed across the whole world and they went underground they had a high they actually went to another dimension but their true name is called dragoons and we did a whole series on that i mean the the beings that come through the animals the creatures uh, through these uh, mystery messages from different guests is, is really fascinating and fun to do um, yeah. But I've been doing this all my life, so it's not anything really new for me. But I know for a lot of people to see this, uh, it, it is. And so I'm sharing, you know, I'm, I, what I'm trying to do is really tell people that this is within us, as you just mentioned, Scott, yourself. Yeah. That this, what we can do this is we have to practice it, but also that the world is so much more than we've been told and taught, and that it's time for us to reawaken to really who we are and that we deserve to exist in these other dimensions. We are multidimensional beings. We're already existing there, and now it's time to wake up so we can really experience it. Tell us all about your I – mean, I want to hear all about your YouTube channel. I want to hear all about that for, for the people listening to the show. 
Yeah, thank you. I mean, well, you've, uh, you've mentioned that. I mean, we've pepper. We've been talking about a lot, but I want to know where we can get there. All that yeah, good yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. So um, I've been doing it for a few years now. It, uh, it's it's like I said, YouTube and undermining Karen A. Dahlman or Creative Visions TV. Okay. Um, yeah. So I did a whole sh series with a woman named Marla Martinson. She also likes to use the board. Uh, she's a mystical matchmaker She up in Beverly Hills. And we get together in LA and we've used the board together. And we do, we go on fun little journeys together sometimes. Anyway, we did a whole show and I think there's close to 67, 68 videos. And we call it wow. the women, the women of Ouija. Oh, we have a lot more videos than that. It's called the women of Ouija. And on that show, it's dedicated to talking about using the board. And it's very fun and, and um, it's more kind of slapstick at time. And then we're serious too, but it's, we just make it fun. We're, we're, when we get together, we have the, we, we constellate the fun, giddy, silly personality within each other. So we just put that, brought that onto YouTube. And, and um, I do have a lot of people that do follow me that who are younger and they seem to really enjoy it. And people that are my age enjoy it too. It's, it's just fun. But I do, we do give a lot of information. I share a lot of stuff about my experiences and, and how you can improve your work with this, with the board if you choose to do it. And then I started a show it's been a year and a half now. Um, it, oh, it's almost actually it's almost been two years. It'll be two years of spring coming up, so a little more than a year and a half. Um, and this is that one's called just uh, Creative Visions TV uh, Beyond the Board. And what I do on that show is I talk definitely all about my work with the board. We do live we do live shows um, with my partner comes on. He does a lot of shows with me. I will do little shows that are on my own, just talking about a subject related to the board or about protection or raising your vibration or raising your frequency, how to talk to trees, how to talk to animals, all these things we're talking about. And then um, we also do, I interview people. I bring on experts in their field who also work with navigating the unseen dimensions or expressing themselves in large ways in the world. And so I bring them on as guests. Um, and they share what they do and they share, you know, what their processes are and, and their work they're doing in the world. And some yeah. of them write books, some don't, some of artists, it's a little bit of everybody, board collectors, but they're people that I really feel that inspire me. And so I want to bring them to the, to my, my, um, audience. So they can be inspired too. And so I, I really on that channel, try to inspire people back to their greatness and also to re to reawaken. It's you guys, it's what I always tell everybody. I said, you know, People say, you should be messing with the other realms. I go, why not? That's where I came from. And, and by the way, you're all going to go back <laughs> to <laughs> That's my home. That's your home. That's everybody's home. And I said, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working with it now. I've, I came to this world knowing about it, working with it, and I'm still going to continue working with it. And that's what I do. And I'm helping people reawaken to that. This is a time when we really need to empower ourselves and have responsibility for ourselves in the world. And we take back our own control. We can't necessarily rely on, on the governments or institutions to always take care of us and to, and to do what's right. So it's time for us to take back that power, become empowered. And um, part of that is learning learning about the this tool, the board, and realizing it has no power. You were doing it all yourself. And so on this channel, I also promote channeling. I do voice channeling. Uh, some of my shows, I'll, I'll do a little bit of that. Uh, I do direct work directly with the with the beans. I've been doing that for a few years now without the board, and so I share that and I share different ways of doing that as well. So it's just, it's uh, if you want to learn to use this tool, you want to learn more about your spirituality and your connection to the other dimensions and how to access this. This is the place to go. Ghostly talk. <laughs> Makes me want to kill. Makes me want to kill. They call it what? Mukbang. And it's when you're chewing. Yeah.